0: Floor
1: 15. Riot Direct Headquarters. Jenkins Wilson, welcome back. When I gave you guys the VD... (coughs) Sorry, I've cut a little something here. Ah, VD campaign last month. I couldn't wait to hear what's erupted from your fertile...
0: (coughs) Apologies. Ah, fertile imaginations. Well, tell me, Director, this time of year, what can you not escape?
1: Well... Obviously, the World Cup. Yes, the
2: Sataball World Cup. Well, we have something special for you. Let me just dim the lights
1: and... Hi, I'm Sataball star Trey Brisket. And my secret? I've got VD. And you can too. The guys at Voyager Direct have made it super easy. So now, anyone can get VD. Simply walk up to a booth pay a Booth Babe a thousand credits, and in five minutes, you'll walk out of there with a fresh batch of VD to share with your family. Gentlemen, you've outdone yourself. Trey Brisket, the Trey Brisket, and and he was covered in VD, head to toe. Uh, This is sure to make everyone want it. I can see the headlines now. VD grips the empire.
0: Now, just one thing. That... All of these so far are geared towards the single male demographic. Don't worry, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've thought of that too. Jenkins, dim the lights.
1: When my grandkids asked, Nan, what can we get you for Christmas? I said to them, I'd really like it if you gave me VD. I haven't
2: had it since the war and it would bring back such fond memories of when your grandfather first gave me VD. Since Christmas, I've been the talk of the town. Some people think I shouldn't have VD at my age, but VD will never go out of fashion.
1: Marvelous! Gentlemen, with this campaign, I can see that we're going to give every grandmother from here to Magnus more VD than they know what to do with their drawers will be overflowing with VD. Now, I do have a legitimate concern. Those upstarts at Empire Direct are going to muscle their way in. And I hear that their commercial is due out any day now. So, do you boys have any insider knowledge that you might be able to share with your favorite director? I know you have your ears to the ground. I wouldn't worry
2: about them. I've seen their commercial. They try to play it cool, keep it casual. Their tagline goes, ED, every man has it, it's no big deal.
0: I heard that in the face of the stiff competition from VD They all went soft
1: Sorry, Director Clemens But we've got to get going again Oh, no problem I know you chaps are busy I'll walk you to the elevator Oh, by the way How did that merger between FU and UCK go?
0: Oh, it couldn't have gone better. In fact, we did such an amazing job that the latest buzzword floating around the advertising circles is that if you do a good job, you don't just do a good job. Now, they say, you F-U-U-C-K it right up.
1: Oh. Well, I hope we royally F-U-U-C-K up this VD business. In fact, can you boys look into a distribution deal with them? U-C-K is my alma mater, after all. A grand idea. Come and get F-U-U-C-K'd and we'll give you VD. Love it!
0: Going down.
3: My port side thrusters won't stop firing.
1: I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green. Like, literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four.
0: This is control. We are radio. Keep
2: calm and remain on the Guard Frequency. Greetings, citizens, and you're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 28 and was recorded live on June 21st, happy solstice, and made available for download June 24th at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Jeff.
0: I'm Lennon. And I'm Tony. So, what do we have this week, Lennon? In this week's School Box, we check out Galactic Inquiry, the latest show from Michael Morlin, who you may be familiar with from Wingman's Hangar. In CRG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, the latest in universe fiction, 10 for the Chairman, episode 25, the latest updates to Arena Commander, and the second episode of Around the Verse. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we tell you all about the people in our neighborhood our space neighborhood. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation.
2: Sits and Citizens, we're always on the lookout for talented individuals to come and join the crew here at Guard Frequency, and we're especially looking for an audio engineer to come and join our team here and assist with our weekly shows. So if you've got the creative itch that needs scratching, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email with your experience and what you'd like to bring to the table to squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. Please remember that all positions here at Priority One Productions are voluntary. This is a labor of love, but we do look great on a CV or a resume. Assistant Civs, you may have noticed we've added a
4: new feature to our website, cardfrequency.com, a donate button. After six months of clockwork releases, trips to Austin and L.A., and the occasional detour into lunacy, we're finally confident enough to set that hat out on the sidewalk. Of course, we're happy to share our labor of love with you each week free of charge, but it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We thank the folks who have already chipped in, and we hope you consider making a regular contribution. The more support we get, the better show we can make. That
0: takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get to the show and see what's coming through the school Any Hey, you boys,
1: need a carrier around here? everything's uh, under control. switch. normal.
4: Picture, picture. This is Tony saying welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. Tonight we have a very special pair of guests, two-thirds of the creative team behind the newest Star Citizen fan video cast, Galactic Inquiry. Welcome to Michael Morland and Carla Fellpouch. How are you doing? Good, thank you.
3: We're great, thanks.
4: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Michael, let's get started. Tell everybody about your background and history with Star Citizen.
5: Uh, um, I got connected with them through my friend Eric Peterson. Uh, many people know him. As Wingman. As Wingman. I had worked with him before at uh, Origin Systems, and actually he and I go all the way back to high school and wow. summer theater. So he and I know each other quite well, and we always kind of turn to each other when we, we need I'm going to stop you right there. Summer anything. theater. Yeah, summer theater. <laughs> oh, you're in not getting school. away with that, mister. You're not going to glaze over
4: that one. Summer theater?
5: Yeah. We, do uh, tell. We, were, we, were, we went to two different high schools in Baytown, Texas. Uh-huh. And uh, we would do a summer theater program that uh, the local little theater would put on. One of the fun shows we did was uh, Woody Allen's one-act play, Death Knocks in which Death, played by me, comes to take the soul. Uh, Michael
3: was Death, is that a surprise to <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: Yeah, so the whole stick is that Death has come to take away this guy's soul, and he convinces Death to uh, bet on it with a game of gin rummy. Hilarity ensues, as Woody Allen would get uh, Yes,
4: as one would expect, yes. Alright, so so was, was Eric uh, the hapless individual who was about to be depossessed of his soul?
5: <laughs> well, not so hapless. He ends up uh, keeping it. Oh, well,
4: well there you go. <laughs> So you were the big loser on that one, huh? That's
5: right. Death is poor. Oh, right. Death yeah. was poor.
4: And thus began the start of a long and fruitful friendship. Okay. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. All right. So, 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 all the way from from summer theater in high school uh, in Baytown, Texas, all the way up to CIG in Austin. Uh, you guys worked together on and off. Um, what sort of things did you do uh, in between high school and Wingman? Um,
5: Well, I went through so many different careers, including uh, recording studio engineer, theme park, audio visual engineer. I got into programming database systems and then moved into 3D animation and video editing by mistake. And on uh, animation and graphics, and that's when I joined Origin Systems in '95, and um, ran into Eric there. As a matter of fact, I hadn't seen Mm -hmm. him since high school. And uh, yeah, I was sitting in a in the break room one day, and a couple guys were playing ping pong behind us, and I heard this guy go, "Oh, damn!" And I'm like, "I know that voice." (laughs) I know Eric. Damn. (laughs) This is your life. (laughs) But so yeah, so I worked for Richard Garriott over at Origin Systems while Eric was working for Chris Roberts and uh, worked on a variety of projects there. Crusader No Remorse, I wrote and directed the intro flick and a few of the flicks inside, because uh, Tony Zurifix's team was trying to get that thing out the door, and they just hadn't gotten to that part of it. Uh-huh. And then worked on Ultima Ascension and Ultima Online and a couple other things. And then that call kind of ended abruptly in 2001. And then Eric uh, was putting together something new uh, after he'd broken from Digital Anvil called Fever Pitch, and he had uh, completed Conquest for Tear Wars, the game that he had kind of adopted from Digital Anvil, and he was looking for a new project in a team. So I went and worked for him in 2002 to 2006. And after we got bought by Gizmondo and that debacle happened, um, I kind of was dumb with the game industry. Yeah. And, uh, I'd been building up my skills as a videographer, cinematographer. So I went ahead and hung up my shingle because I had been getting paid off and on and did that mm-hmm. full-time from 06 to when? Eric called me in 12, yeah. 012. A, yeah. And now I'm a, I am got back to the game industry, so it's hard to stay away.
4: Well, now, your latest stint with the game industry at CIG, you mm-hmm. basically were the brains and the hands and the feet behind Wingman's Hangar. That's uh, nice of you to say, thank you. I, I left out the stomach and the spleen. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but I think you were most of the other parts. Oh, I um, see. But with the gargantuan size of the company now and the gargantuan tat, that all has to be done, oh, you know, tomorrow, putting that game together. Wingman's Hanger was basically shelved because that wasn't Eric's job description to begin with, you know, being the weekly right. show host guy. Um, but you're, well, you're not done. Well, it wasn't
5: my job either. Eric had hired me as a project manager uh-huh. and to help him with this this little show
1: that he was starting.
5: And uh-huh. I, actually, I actually accepted under false pretenses. I didn't intend
1: to be a project manager. <sighs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, shady doings. All right. That's right. Confession Well, there wasn't really no to do No one yet. listens to this show. It's yeah. okay.
0: <laughs> right.
5: But uh, <laughs> seriously, um, there wasn't really much to do yet with the game because mm-hmm. we were still just ramping up. And Chris didn't even have an office yet. And we were just setting up an office in the basement in our first office. And we had this show to do. So um, I got involved with that. And it just kind of blossomed from there. So Carl, we found out
4: how he got into all this. How did you fall in with this guy?
3: Oh, well, oh, do you have time? I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we'll actually, fix it in post.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually starting to look into the movie business as a writer. I'd been teaching economics for 15 years and wanting to do something else with my time, my life. And I started looking into movies, and I ran across Michael in that space, and we started putting our heads together and making movies mm-hmm. together. And uh, then I decided to start doing it full time. And this just, we started up a production company actually in order to make films and start out making short films and producing other people's stuff and basically offering the full package of production services since between us and Dan, our partner. But uh, yeah, so we started doing uh, this production company and, and then boom, Galactic Inquiry fell in our laps right when we were setting down this new road. So it was really amazing and wonderful coincidence.
5: Of course, the game is amazing, but I, I'm more just amazed by the community, this kind of halo that, that exists around most games, and in this game in particular, because the game was made possible uh, only by the existence of this halo of supporters. And uh, I got to know them while I was working on Wingman's Hangar, and. Just kind of fell in love with that with that group of people. So when fortune shifted under me, I kind of put a uh, little feelers out there to see if anybody would be, would be interested in me continuing in that space. And the response was pretty overwhelming. So Carla and I kind of brainstormed and decided to put this new show together for the we, fans.
3: We just kind of fell in love with Wingman's Hangar. I mean, it was goofy and it was fun, and the the fans are so amazing, and there's such a community here. And I've never been a big gamer or anything, but I started looking at Star Citizen, thinking, Wow, well, I think this would be really a lot of fun to play so i bought my first ship and
4: uh oh and it's all downhill from there my
3: children are going whoa what's happening here (laughs) mom is buying ships in a game oh boy but when wingman's hangar ended we just had this all this grief and we just wanted it to keep going and and we thought there was so much energy and so many people out there who also wanted to keep going that we could do this so we're just gonna go take the sleep and
5: we're just riding the wave. Hopefully
3: everybody will come with us. yeah
5: We're just gonna take a ride and gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be exciting and terrifying and, um, and we, we hope everybody will do it with us. We lost a lot of really fun things about episode 40 or so of We men's Hangar when we moved to the office, the new office and we were given a directive of uh, less fluff more stuff. And um, I, I kind of I missed some of the things that we, we used to do like real space news. It's great to give the fans context of what this fantastic world that we're creating with Chris is in comparison to some fantastic things that are happening in the real world. So one of the things we'll bring back is uh, Real Space News. We're gonna do more, a lot more sketches, a lot more comedy. Of, uh, we're gonna be producing some of our own comedy and fun stuff, as well as showing off everything the fans do. It's gonna be a much more fan-focused show than we even had with the Best of Wingman's Hangar.
3: Well, we didn't wanna lose the part where the fans are sending stuff in that they're doing, People are creating board games, they're doing skits, you know, they're doing costumes, they're creating their own game lore. Everybody's kinda of setting up their own little worlds, their guilds for gameplay. And there are meetups in cities around the world that are starting to happen. And we would like to showcase all of the things that fans do to get together and to create for the game. And we have kind of have also the goal of being that conduit or that channel through which fans can influence game development in the future. I mean, for me, it's kind of a bigger concept, the idea of it, when enough fans get together and say, hey, we want this, then game creators pay attention. And we're hoping to be one of those voices that game creators can hear saying what people really want to see in their games.
2: So are you looking to do more of a new show format or a cnn format
3: i think of it as kind of like a daily show or a you know a variety show kind of format it goes back and forth between skits and news and interviews and
5: so yeah we'll do the same thing we we'll anchor at the desk to kind of center the show and to carry it forward from uh, segment to segment
0: but then the introduction of puppets yeah who's idea was Fox that puppets absolutely yeah. that, I got, was that was idea. Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> i was like what
3: are you kidding me <laughs> But, and uh, I, I'm space puppet in the game, so.
0: Uh, oh well, perfect. <laughs> the best thing about <laughs> puppets, though, is that they can get away with doing anything and saying yes. anything, and there's not a thing the host can do to stop it. So. <laughs> yes,
3: these two particular characters are convinced that Michael's evil, and they've got to depose him at all costs. <laughs> so, so, at the
0: moment, do you have any plans to collaborate with anyone in particular? I know that you mentioned about the space news. Have you got a regular that you're going to be going to to that? Or well,
5: uh, the one, we person we got, so, one person we got, one person we got going to be doing a recurring uh, segment is uh, Wes with the whole truth Mm -hmm. Um, he does a lot of real hard news about star citizen itself And kind of the kind of granularity that I can't keep up with. He's going to do a little one one and a half minute segment in our show that's kind of a part of his larger um, show that will both kind of give us a little touch of what's going on in Star Citizen and give him an opportunity to get some, some new audience for his show.
3: We've talked to weird girls. We'd like to have them come on board and orient themselves towards Star Citizen and then also help us create costuming and cartooning and all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff. And of course some of the regular fan stars that Star Citizen already has, we hope to bring him on the show as much as they're I think you've already yeah.
4: lost Disco Lando. I mean he's already him and James Pugh apparently are real tight now, so you know. I think <laughs> no, Disco apparently. Lando, you know, no, he's, he, no, he, no, he's uh, James is giving him drinks, man. I mean, can you, can you top that offer? Can you booze yeah, right. him up any better than James Pugh? Uh
5: well you uh, know well we can offer a different kind of fame so No, no disco's okay. a really gener- uh, he uh, he's a really generous guy. And um okay. he's uh he's having a lot of fun. You can see it. <laughs> and that's the same sort of thing we're trying to celebrate on the show.
2: If people want to participate with you guys, how should they get in
5: touch? Oh, well, there's a number of ways. There's uh, an email, naturally, hello at com. We're staying active on the RSI forums and channels on YouTube and Google Plus and Facebook. Of course, there's our, our Patreon campaign that's uh, in full swing right now, uh, where people, if they want to give us a little monetary support, they can do that there. And we're getting ready to boot up our website within the next couple of weeks, which will be a kind of hopefully be a locus for everybody to connect with us and to share their passions and their creations with us.
4: And when do you think you might uh, be premiering this fan extravaganza?
5: Well, of course, we got to get this first show out, and that's going to be um, on the twenty seventh, this coming Friday. Twenty seventh. Uh, yeah. That's that's all our focus is on getting that show up and running the first time, and and then we'll uh, we'll bring in all the other elements as we go. It is a generally weekly with time off for sanity checks. So
4: we'll, do, we'll we'll end this interview the way we do every other interview and basically say, well, let's turn the mic over to you guys, and if there's anything you want to say, I'll let the fans know about. It's your forum. Go for it.
3: Okay, well, the, the only last thing that I wanted to say is we actually are looking for someone who wants to help us be community liaison, help us keep track of everything that's going on, and, and, and feed us so that we can do our thing. So if there's anyone out there who wants to be a volunteer, they should let us know.
5: Oslin, that's his tag and the, the, the handle in the game has been incredibly wonderful and has helped build our first website before we even asked. So that's pretty amazing on its own. So we're gonna put out some kind of some feelers about uh, where we could use some help and, and and maybe some people will step up. Anybody who wants to just report a piece of news that they've discovered, you know, kind of build a little network of cub reporters. So that would be kind of nice to, to see develop as a kind of a halo around our show. This is the first time out for us doing it this way, kind of solo and freelance. So it's, it's been it's been quite an adventure. and. And I have been insufferable because I'm just so so terrified of what's going on. But we're having a good time with it. But we would like to uh, kind of wrap up our side by saying just, hey, go visit the Patreon site, patreon.com slash Michael Moreland. And uh, take a look. If you aren't familiar with what we're doing, there's a video that explains it. And uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, you think it might be a good idea to help uh, help us out.
4: All right. Well, Michael, Carla, thank you for stopping by. Good luck. I, we will definitely be talking in the future. Uh, we've already discussed how you know we're gonna we'll work back and forth with your show as well. So there'll be some mm-hmm. guard frequency and galactic inquiry and some galactic inquiry and, and guard frequency. So we'll be back. Looking and forth, forward sure.
3: to it. Sounds All right. great. great thanks, guys.
4: All right, well, thanks for stopping by. Have you read, seen, or heard something that you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news.
2: 175 Port Bay, hands on approach.
3: trigger screen, call the
4: ball. get taken with me. Our crowdfunding update for June 21st, 2014, 46,917,000. Oh, not this business again, people. We get so close on Saturday and right, fine. I guess we just have to wait another week to see if we get more stretch goals. Uh, We are just over 485,000 registered users, up another 5,000 from last week. And if you're just getting to the game, you can get your Arena Commander Passes, available for $5. But RSI isn't settling for your Abrahams. These days, it's all about the Benjamins.
2: The UEE military has managed to snag some sneak footage of the GN Scout, also known as the Car2, which, unlike the human-designed ships, doesn't have a main engine, instead relies on a series of small thrusters. The cartoon is a main attack craft of the Xi'an military, but a small number have been approved for purchase by private citizens and civilians. Additionally, those clever folks over at Voyager Direct have also implemented a hollow table, allowing us to see a complete 360 view of the craft, so we get a chance to check it out before purchasing for $150.
4: All the Benjamins, all of them, this week's fan spotlight turns its attention to the international Star Citizen community and gives us a roundup of some of the best Star Citizen podcasts and communities from the non-mercan speaking community, featuring groups and shows in Russian, Spanish, French, German, and something called British English. I've I've heard of this but really didn't believe in it. There's bound to be something out there for you.
0: CIG give us another three pieces of fiction this week. First up is the first run, a sorry Lyrax delivery, where sorry wouldn't say that she regretted not taking the offer from Dario Oberon, but as she sat in a little metal cell with nothing but a grimy toilet as a companion, it certainly crossed her mind.
2: In this week's Observer's Guide, we look at Arc Corp, the company who bought Stanton 3 and then sculpted and zoned out the planet for maximum earnings potential. There's only one place to land on the entire planet, Area 18. But still, the guide says that ArcCorp is a sight to see. The epic fever dream of industry on a planetary scale is something that you won't find anywhere else in human space.
4: Lastly, we're introduced to Storal, the Versus' premier storage company, in the latest galactic guide. Whilst Storal's corporate presence and its associated advertising thrives on a sense of the ridiculous their product does not. The standard store-all big-box cargo container is more than an empty crate for transporting goods. It's a high-tech container solution with thousands of man-years of engineering behind it. A rock-solid piece of equipment that genuinely is built with the goal of storing everything possible.
2: There has been a lot of talk surrounding Arena Commander's flight model, with many people feeling like the flight model is just wrong. Well, in a post of gargantuan proportions on the Robert Space Industries website, Chris Roberts and John Pritchett takes us through the Star Citizen's intelligent flight control system and prove to us that space flight really is different from atmospheric flight. If
4: uh, you had watched the Chris Roberts interview that uh, we did with him after the finale of The Next Great Starship, you would have gotten a very, very good preview of the entire discussion, both on The Post and in his 10 for the Chairman show that we will cover later. But he takes us through everything from yaw versus roll, g-force control mode, coupling and decoupling, and much, 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 much more. The article is best summarized by one line near the closing. This document is not an in-fiction description of the Star Citizen IFCS. It is an accurate description of the true flight control model implemented for the game. It's a very hefty article that goes into a lot of detail, but it's well worth a read. So be sure to check it out over on the RSI website.
0: Well, that's this week's community question. What are your thoughts on the flight model? Is it worthy of being a part of the best damn space sim ever? Or is it something best reworked and forgotten? Let us know your thoughts by commenting below this episode's post on the Guard Frequency website or in our show post on the RSI fan site's subforum.
4: And on Around the First, Episode 2, Sandy and Ben are back this week, and with it a fair few improvements based on feedback from last week's episode. This week's guest is Dave Hobbins, the lead concept artist at CIG Santa Monica. Who has asked questions from the fans, and we learned that he'll be making sure Star Citizen pushes the boundary for tech, aesthetics, and alien races. Chris usually gives a design brief for a number of passengers, ship function, and basic armaments, and then lets the designers go to work and come up with their own concepts. We may be seeing muscle car-inspired ships in the future, like Firebirds, GTOs, and Camaros. And his favorite ship of all time is Boba Fett's ship from Star Wars, The Slave One. At the end of the show, we're shown exactly how a bug is fixed in Star Citizen, so if you're a nerdy programmer, nerdy-type nerdy guy like Lennon, or you just enjoy knowing the inside process, then you won't want to miss this unique look at the gears turning that not many game companies will show you. In the latest
0: episode of Ten for the Chairman, Chris takes ten questions from the subscribers and gives us all the answers that we want to hear. And in this episode, he gives us answers to something that we had a four-page document on and several interviews with as he tells us all about the IFCS, the Intelligent Flight Control System. There's not a lot of new information in his mini-talk, but if you've somehow fallen under a rock and are blissfully unaware of everything surrounding the FCS, then it's a very good primer. So, once Chris has got all of that off of his chest, he then goes on to let us know that a lot of the feedback coming in from the Alpha of Arena Commander is all about the flight model. But overall, there's not actually a whole lot of bugs. A few balance issues here and there, but it's still very much in the early days. We also find out that, unfortunately for Jeff, track IR is being worked on by an engineer when he has a chance, which Ooh. a lot of the people in the community are taking to mean that it's really not a priority at all. We also find out that there's going to be on-planet first-person events that are primarily PvE, like uh, you will be able to get mugged and get into bar fights and so on, and there will be space monsters, well kinda not quite like the crystalline entity from Star Trek you know like a literal space monster but something you will definitely be encountering planet side, such as the rancor from Star Wars and that type of creature so as always these are just the questions that we thought were the best of the bunch but be sure to check out the whole episode over on the Robert Space Industries website
4: yeah, on the uh, PvE uh, encounters, random encounters planet side, I mean, it really does seem like Chris Roberts is really sort of trying to address the PvP versus PvE fears and concerns. Mm. And in the social zones, it looks like you're going to have random PvE encounters, but he's going to really clamp down on PvP stuff. It seems to me like those social zones, those landing zones, really are going to be safe. If you want to get into fights, you're going to have to go out to the fringe. People aren't going to be able to mug you on Terra. P- Which I think NPCs is good NPCs might, so. but... Yeah, yeah, I do too. And again, I think it sends a, a clear signal that there's going to be PvP out there, but you're going to have to seek it out. You're going to have to really seek it out rather than it coming to you.
2: Arena Commander Patch 12.3 was released and fixed a lot of bugs among them. Run no longer toggled off when a user interacts with something. Cockpit and ship should now despawn after ejecting. Countermeasures should now be more effective. No longer stuck, unable to respond if the chat opened while killed. Reduced texture sizes on the 300i. Improved lighting, but for real this time. Buggy can now drive properly in the business hangar. Turrets no longer mountable on missile rack hardpoints. Yay. Aww. Uh-huh. <laughs> no longer able to place the 325 engine on other ships. Yay. I still got the fastest ship. Hornet ghost engine no longer able to be equipped on other ships. And resolved an issue of no ammo when the chain gun removed and added back into the ship.
0: Unfortunately, with this, though, there are a few known issues. Firstly, the HUD target indicator arrows can sometimes just disappear. Oh, man. Yeah, if you can't track a target, it's quite difficult to dogfight, surely.
4: Well, you know, what it's forced me to do is, we talked a little bit about this last week. Oh, case. use the it's radar. It's forced me to use the radar. It's forced me to use the yeah. radar, and that's something that we're all going to have to be trained on. And actually, I have thoughts of, on feedback, you know, like how the
2: radar might be made
4: better based on that. I wouldn't have never
2: looked at it unless that arrow disappeared. I always look okay. at my radar. I don't know what you two are doing, but, but I always look at my I radar. I just found the little arrow. The little arrow told me where to go. Follow
0: the arrow. Follow the arrow. Okay.
2: I think the arrow should only apply to targets that are within a certain range.
0: In addition, there are also graphical issues that can occur whilst using SLI and crossfire setups. It can be possible to sometimes load into a black screen when choosing an Arena Commander match, the Hornet Gatling guns take heat damage when they're not being fired, and the Hornet Gatling gun ammo temporarily shown as missile racks in the hollow table. And as with every new patch, Parias was champing at the bit to get his teeth into the packs and zips and XML files, and as usual has gone into a rather intimate and uncomfortable level of detail about what actually gets changed when the patch has landed
4: has discovered that there are some inventory changes to the 325, the Klaus and Werner CF-117 has some animation improvements, and a
1: whole set of undocumented
4: interactions for the freelancer. Woo-hoo. So, yeah, so you can now get into the bunk beds, access the seats behind the co-pilot and pilot stations up front, and even interact with the fold-out kitchen. This is not mentioned anywhere in the patch notes at the time of Pariah's article, so either CIG forgot to mention the changes or wanted to keep them as a special surprise. Pariah also uncovers a lot more info on the hidden recesses of the file, so be sure you read his article, Under the Bonnet, exclusively on GuardFrequency.com. The official patch notes can be found on the RSI website.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's all good that we've had a patch and everything, but one I, I was really disappointed there wasn't a particular ship that was released in there. Oh, do, yeah? Do you know, which one
4: was that? Uh, well, you're, you're, you got animations on your freelancer. Weren't you happy with that?
0: Yeah, I, I was completely thrilled with it, but I've got those now. I'm now officially mm. back in a content drought, so mm-hmm. where the f*** is the Avenger mission pack? Uh,
4: it's a great question. It's I, a I great question. There's been nothing. But until then, we're just going to have to settle for playing Arena Commander. We
0: are, we are. And this is going to be our little segment where we like to bring you all the little tidbits that we've picked up whilst we're waiting for this really annoying content drought to end. So this week, the tip that we're going to bring you is all about shields. As you will be generally hit in the rear shields, it's a good idea to divert as much of your power as possible to this location. Uh, You could do this quite easily by holding down the control key and pressing the 2 on your number pad, the one with the little downwards arrow on it, to divert to the rear shields. If you're using a 300i, this becomes especially important as the wing type things that are located at the back of your ship that rise up above the level of the cockpit are targetable even from the front and so your rear shield is the biggest sector on your ship lastly just be aware that using long weapon bursts and doing very tight turns will drain your shields drastically so make sure you plan an easy exit route before engaging with an enemy
4: Good tip. Good to know. You know, that's one of the things that's not really obvious on the HUD right now. I hope that's one of the HUD improvements they have coming because it's not obvious at first glance when you're just flying around what your shields are doing.
0: Yeah, I mean you can you can toggle what is the um, the F three menu to bring mm-hmm. up your shields, and I noticed yeah when you're doing really tight turns, then if you look at the box that surrounds your craft, it just shrinks ridiculously quick. And on that note, we've covered all the latest updates from CIG News, so let's go and learn all about our space neighbours in this week's Nuggets for Logans. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole
4: new world. So pay. That means get on your feet,
0: Nuggets! Greetings citizens and civilians, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets, where we like to delve into the guts of Star Citizen and give you all the gory details from the inside out. A warning up front though, this game is still in active development, so anything we say is subject to change. Well, with the introduction of the Xi'an scout ship into the pledge store, it's time to review a few facts about one of the UEE's neighbours in the verse. Pronounced Xi'an, this race made first contact
4: with humanity in 2530 when Gaia Planet Services attempted to terraform a planet that was already spoken for. The Xi'an captured most of the 300 workers and sent one home to call for negotiations. Given that this was the first time human and Xi'an had even attempted to speak to each other, the fact that all hostages were released in less than two months without a shot fired
2: seems like a relatively decent outcome. Relations between the two empires didn't overheat into war, rather they cooled off into a mutual suspicion. Eight systems that occupied the jump points between human and Xi'an space were turned into a neutral zone, called the Perry Line. The autocratic imperators of the Messer era used to stand off against these mysterious aliens to stoke the fears of invasion. The huge military budgets and constant patrols along the border both
0: solidified their control over humanity and alarmed the Xi'an. Such was the state of affairs between the two races for almost 240 years, until, in 2789, Senator Akari from Terra independently brokered a treaty between the Xi'an and, well, Terra? Human beings? People not directly serving the messes? Needless to say, this unusual sidestepping of the dictatorship really didn't sit well. The regime became even more repressive, and some say that was exactly what the Xi'an had in mind. The Jian themselves had a long history of civil war and had only recently
4: shelved bloody interplanetary war as a conflict resolution method. Emperor Kray, who continues to rule in 2944, was among those who began championing cloak-and-dagger intrigue and political maneuvering as a more efficient and perhaps less destructive method of problem-solving. It's probably not a historical coincidence that three years after the unusual peace
2: treaty, the Messers fell and the modern UEE was born. Things are mostly calm and peaceful on the Xion front these days. The long-lived reptilian species is technologically similar to us, acceptably open to trade and largely non-aggressive. They are even on relatively good terms with the Bandul. However, they have been at war with a mysterious species known as the Karthak, and the Xeon aren't talking about it. What, no Karathi?
4: No, no Karathi, no cats. I haven't seen any cats yet. uh, Uh, Does
2: anybody know if Chris is going to put Karathi in there?
4: I imagine they'll show up somewhere. Maybe they are maybe this is the Kirthak. Maybe they, maybe those are gonna be the big not, cats. I
0: was gonna say is it not copyrighted under the original Wing Commander which is now owned by
4: EA? Oh uh, probably. He'll have to call them the Wrath Killery or <laughs> like that.
0: Or maybe the Kirthak.
4: Or maybe the Kirthak, yeah. If if the if the Kirthak turn out to be giant lion headed killer beasts, we'll know. Yeah, wink wink. The Tavarin, have we? Has anybody seen a Tavarin? Are they cat people?
0: Uh, I don't think anyone's seen one because they've gone extinct. Well, supposedly gone extinct and then they found that weapons cache, didn't they?
4: Well, no, they're not extinct. They're just sort of crushed and subjugated. Right. Let's talk about the Gion here. We can talk about the Tavarin as well. I was just, you know, and cat people boy, this, that got derailed quickly. Hmm. Let's talk about lizards. I like the scout ship. I mean, the scout ship is different, right? I mean, it does have a very different feel to it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I saw the video yeah. of it. I really do like it. I mean, the vertical columns coming down, so when you're sat in the cockpit, you've got these two sort of vertical lines halfway through. It can be a little bit distracting at first, but overall, I really do like the ship design and the way it seems to handle. kind of gives a, an alien feel without being too unfamiliar, I think.
4: I do like that aesthetic that they're trying to promote. Different races of different looks, and I think that the ship is a good start with the with the Xian. It, it looks like that thing was made for space. You know, the human ships tend to look kind of like aircraft, right? That's like our, mm. with, with some exceptions. You know, the Aurora is is not really an aircrafty type thing, but the 300I, the Hornet, the Xian can't fly in, in an atmosphere. That thing was built for space, and the fact that there are no main thrusters and this intelligent flight control model, which is built on Pushing your ship different directions and having to rotate things into place seems to me like that that frame really lends itself to being something really fun to fly with the with the flight model they put in. But I'm not shelling out 150 bucks for just yet.
0: Well, we haven't had one for a while, so once again we're going to throw the keys for this segment over to you, and we're going to run another ship poll. As normal, any ship that we've already discussed won't be featuring in the lineup, but every other ship that has been released and that is in the pledge store will be in there. So make sure to cast your vote on what you want next week's Nuggets for Nuggets to be by visiting our website, guardfrequency.com, and going to episode 28 and looking for the poll on the bottom of the post.
2: Are you new to the verse and need a bit of advice? Is there a tidbit of lore some SIT or sib, taught you that we should all know? Let us know by dropping us an email at squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. But for now, let's tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Okay,
1: buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies. So let's just be friendly.
0: First up, we'd like to congratulate Rogue Force for being our 42nd member of Guard Frequency Response. Achievement unlocked! <laughs> and from our show post over at GuardFrequency.com, Dilek writes that Tittle really describes the Star Citizen community. A very great show, gentlemen. Keep up the good work. You're referring to the uh, herding, herding
4: Cats, cats title. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, many communities, I think.
0: And VT Kager discusses, I think I would
2: really like to see... Magnetized landing gear I'm the explorer type and when I tried to land on an asteroid I was kind of disappointed to find landing gear did not deploy. Instead I had to go park my ship on a landing pad get out and use my jet pack to go explore this asteroid. At this point I was very easily able to walk onto the asteroid with my magnetized boots Why not be able to land the ship on the side as well? It's also something that can be seen in Star Wars, like the Millennium Falcon is attached to the Star Destroyer next to the garbage chute. But I think it would kind of be cool. Yeah, I
4: think that, and they've said before that they're going to use the sort of uh, Arena Commander as sort of a test bed for all the different sort of technologies and gameplays. They're going to have the racetrack feature mechanic gameplay when they get the uh, 350R and the M50. When they put those out, the racetrack mechanical come online. You know, they're going to have shipboarding at some point before Squadron 42 gets released. All those different little tidbits are going to be tested in this environment. So, you know, landing claws, tractor beams, gravity, landing gear, whatever. If it's coming, It'll come there first. Drogen says, I'll take a look at joining Guard Frequency Response. Thanks. I've been enjoying your podcast. That's for sure. Well, thanks, Drogen. He's an old friend over from the STO side of the fence from Priority One Podcast. So good on you, Drogen.
0: And strikes asks, Will you blokes have slash will have a guild slash fleet slash collective in Star Citizen? If so, can we apply now? Well, yes, you can. And uh, I think you figured that out because you're actually a member now. So uh, good for you. Hey. Achievement unlocked. All right. <laughs> two.
2: We had two achievements this episode, so stay tuned. There might be more. Green Dragoon on the topic of secret redacted main affiliations and the GFR restrictions. Does secret affiliations with the Foundry Cabal count?
4: First of all, the sticky outy face that Green Dragoon makes implies uh, sarcasm and or facetiousness. I get that. Uh so what he's saying is don't take this too seriously. But but the Foundry Cabal is a super secret organization over on Star Trek Online that is not so secret about wanting their Foundry missions to, and the Foundry tool over Star Trek Online to be taken Oh, so seriously. this was more so, your question um, than Well, yes. Yeah, this was aimed more at me because I was the one that was talking about the restrictions on right. power frequency response anyway. And I had a discussion with our community manager Chivalry Beam, and the idea I thought I'd explain a little more about the restrictions on it. Car frequency response is a fan fleet, right? It's a fan squadron, you know, just people that hang out with us and listen to our show and, you know, just generally want to have a good time. In the game eventually, as we get more built up into the Persistent Universe, we're going to take on more of that sort of rescue response sort of role. It would not be appropriate for a squadron like that to associate themselves with thieves and a variety of scumbags and whatnot. Ergo... I don't want to have to clean out our organization later on when a bunch of our fans, our listeners, who might operate on the shady side of the law, you know, are coming on. So, we will have at some point some sort of other auxiliary fleet or something that are just for fans of the show, you know, that aren't going to pick sides on the whole are you on a, a pirate scumbag guy or, or a goody two shoes like us? We'll have something arranged for that later. Uh, I just don't want to have to deal with that. Uh, I don't want to have to separate people later on. It'll be kind of a management nightmare. So as long as you don't have any redacted affiliations or you know or hide any of your affiliations from us, just feel free to join. If you later join an organization and that turn it into redacted we're going to have to have a talk. But I just don't want to have to mess with that later on, as a purely from a logistical standpoint. So uh, that's why I have that sort of arbitrary rule that if you want to join as a fleet member or a squadron member, just don't hide any of your affiliations, because I don't want to hunt you down later, man. And from squawk at cardfrequency.com, we hear from Krell uh, in response to our Nuggets for Nuggets last week on the UEE. Buckle up, kids. This is going to be a bumpy ride. I have no problems with multiple currencies. In fact, it could be interesting game mechanic if you're doing a mission for the Banu and you get the option to be paid in UEC or Banu whateverlings, and you have to decide which is more valuable to you, especially if the ability to exchange currencies is limited to certain physical locations in the game. How about a physical currency for pirates and the like? Plex being the best in-game example I can think of from EVE. There's plenty in various sci-fi shows, though, like Firefly, when they did their bank heist, and Honor Harrington, bank-backed physical currency used by those who don't want it traced, etc., What I don't want to see is magical account-bound currency. I don't think it would fix the problem you discussed in the last episode. Just because I can use it to buy some special flair or rare items doesn't mean it's useful for most of the game. If I'm a trader, I'm not going to buy my cargo and magical space money that's somehow glued to me. I'll buy in some form of credits. Same if I'm buying a ship, bribing a pirate, or demanding a bribe, or... well, you get the idea. All right, well, this, this, uh, this is a good discussion. And, uh, Jeff, he kind of seems to be siding with you, not liking the account back. I, I,
2: I know you tried to convince me last week, Tony, but I, I'm still, you know, I've been playing other various games, you know, and, uh, you know, we already have a lot of the free-to-play games that are doing some form of Zen or Plex, as in in his example, or other things that are just, you know, if you want to buy those flare. A little hang from your mere fuzzy dice, that's what that's for. I really don't want to see a grind where I'm having to do some type of reputation like I'm doing with the pearls right now, just to get a bleeding ship.
4: Well, I just don't see how this addresses the gold farmer uh, problem. I think the
2: really only how you address get around the that. gold farmers is to really undercut the gold farmers and what they do. If they're going to sell credits, you control the market. Don't let them control the market.
4: Yeah, but then you have to price your credit so low that it removes the profit from the gold and
2: which is going to lead to huge inflation. I don't think that the problem of gold farming is going to be fixed. By an in-game system like bound currency and yet another currency and yet another currency. I don't think it's going to, that's the way
4: to do it. Anyway, we should continue to have this discussion because I think it's a good one and uh, it's probably going on right now at CIG and I would hope that we have some news about it or some of their ideas or thoughts uh, in the coming months now that they've hired Mr. Zurovec as the showrunner of their Persistent Universe.
0: And Sari Perenni emails us to say, hot babes in your area now. Hundreds of hot women in the undefined region. And then provides us a handy link so we can see all of these hot babes. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, th- thanks for your That's email, fantastic. Sari Perenni. But I think all of us here at Guard Frequency had taken. So, uh, ah, the- well,
4: you know, as a public service, we're just going to tell you, Sari Perenni's out there and she's ready to share hot babes with you. Yep. So, yeah. if, a, if know. anybody would Good like this
0: link, just let us know. We'll email it to you. It's cool. We're happy with are I'm fine.
4: sure there's no viruses or malware attached to this link whatsoever. Pe- people wouldn't to do that. To me. This is the
0: internet. No, no, no.
4: No, exactly. It's a friendly, nice place where they just want to show you hot women because, hey, who doesn't want that, and I want to thank Chivalry Bean for putting what I'm sure is a virus and malware-free link in our Which, show notes. Uh, thanks it Seems to go to anywhere
0: so. but a free website. You clicked on it. <laughs> you clicked on it. <laughs> God, Jeff <laughs> wants his help, babes. Here we are. Okay, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> You're the IT guy.
2: How many times have you said in a day to people, why did you click that link? <laughs> but I opened up in Firefox, so... <laughs>
0: Oh, that's that's fine.
2: Sure. (laughs) I'm sure
4: you're perfectly safe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) From our outrageously amazing donor of monetary goodness, Jeffrey Grant donated $20. Lennon Rich donated $2. $2, Lennon? Woohoo!
0: $2? Hey, I was. Way to go, Lennon. To be fair, I was going to donate one, and then I thought the exchange rate is so good right now. I'll I'll, I'll give you two. Yeah. What a nice
2: guy. Daniel Denny made it an even 100 and donated $33. Also, thanks to all the anonymous donors as well. Well, how was the show this week?
4: Was it like opening up a Space Pony box and finding a HOTUS inside? Or was it more like opening up a HOTUS box and finding a Space Pony? Are either of those entirely good or bad? Are these questions a little too esoteric for you? Either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us.
0: Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. You can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com, and you can subscribe to us, feeds.guardfrequency.com, or you can find us on iTunes. You can hit us up on Twitter at guardfreak, and leave a comment and like
2: us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guardfreak. And if you're old school like us,
4: shoot us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do,
2: so take a minute, tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 28 of Guard Frequency. We won't be putting a show out next week, as a good chunk of our production crew is going on vacation. But we'll be back up with episode 29 on July 7th. Be sure to keep an eye out for our episodes over at guardfrequency.com or our posts
0: over at Robert Space Industries fan site forums please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways that we just ran down in the feedback loop, you can hit the contact form at the top of our website, and all the details for all the ways that you can get in touch with us will be found in our show notes.
4: Do you like what we do? You want to come join our team? If so, send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. We're always on the lookout for talented individuals, and right now we're seeking an audio engineer to come and join us. So if you'd like to be part of the best damn Space Sim podcast ever, then we'd love to
0: hear from you. And if you're looking for a friendly wingman or two, why not check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday night, then why not join us live at guardfrequency.com slash live. We start at 8 p.m. Central. That's 2 a.m. Sunday GMT.
2: We want to thank the entire team over at Guard Frequency and Priority One Productions. Thanks to our community manager, Jay Chivalry Bean, and artist Simon Charlton-Edwards. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If there's no one listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely.
1: Reduce thrust. 1-5. Squawk seven, seven, zero, zero. Stay on the curve.
2: You know, quit your whining. You know, get, buck, buck up to that joystick. get off his lawn. Yeah, yeah. buck up to that joystick. You know, put a man hand on it.
4: <laughs> hey, 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 or a woman hand. Oh, uh, okay. I know Sorry. for a fact that we've got some, some ladies listening to our show. So uh, okay. That's
2: right.
1: Okay.
4: I, I
2: that's apologize right. For, for being, I wasn't trying to be, um, you know, uh, gender specific. I was trying to be gender neutral. There you go.
1: An adult oh, I want, hand. Put
4: an adult hand on it. Okay.
0: Like. I want to tell everybody to shut the f up equally. <laughs> That's right.
4: <laughs> Regardless of race, gender, creed, or nationality. I shut have a f-
0: dream up. where <laughs> I can tell everybody to shut the f up without prejudice.
2: Without f
4: <laughs> look at the gears or gears, because you say process twice. I'm not gonna do that. Then you won't want to miss this unique look. Then you won't want to miss this unique look at a process that – I'm not going to say process. What happens? See, you know, the the, the, we, the Moreland thing went What – What started. is this? this
2: battling is, editing? I mean, come on, yeah, guys. Yeah, I, see two little, yeah. I see your two little icons no, no, no. and they're going it's just type, It's just him. Type. Okay, no, no,
4: no. The inside process. And you won't want to miss this unique look at <laughs> this thing oh. when they do the thing with the stuff and the deers. Okay. <laughs> at, at the –
2: to all you folks out in the inner tubes, you, you got you understand what's going on in the background here. As as these two copy artists are literally going to war over the words that are going on.
0: editing sounds. Editing sounds.
2: Editing sounds.
0: Copy artist like in the same way that they would describe people who work in subway as a sandwich artist. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, would you, would you are like one level above us.
2: wordsmith. Ooh, I, yeah. you know,
4: copy artist words. Copy method, artist. I, I think, yeah, it's like the modern version. Okay, would
0: you like your copy with cheese and toasted?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would. So are you two done now? Yes, yeah. we're done. Okay. Yeah, but you know, I, I was ready off, to go. To, we'll see, but yeah. now, now you've not,
4: then Jeff said, are you done? Now I have to talk some more. No, here we go. Okay, everybody shut up. Here we go. Then you won't want to miss this unique look at the gears turning that Matt,
0: God. <laughs> I get through the thing that I changed and then the thing that Lennon left there so as you will probably, as you will generally be hit in the rear shields, it's a good idea to divert as you will generally be hit in the rear shields sorry, every time I say that I think of testicles and I know it's not similar but my brain just can't get over it as you will be generally, generally hit, be hit in the, the testicles, testicles. <laughs> yes, you will generally be, yeah. it, well, it's an effective shot in fact, if I just replace the words rear shields with testicles, it becomes a whole okay. different conversation. I was going to correct it, and I thought, ah, sod it, they need to learn grammar. Sod it, that's right. We sod everything around
4: here. Sod this, sod that. <laughs> you, you blooming bloke. Chip, chip, cheerio. <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> is it? I have no idea. Yeah. See, All just, I just want is a room sh- somewhere
2: <laughs> for-